Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Hallelujah. Father, thank you so much for these wonderful testimonies of your hand and your power that is at work in our lives. We ask you to guide us, speak to our hearts. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Please turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And verse 20, it says, despise not prophesying. Amen. Don't despise prophesying. So that's a very important scripture. And to despise something means that you don't give it the necessary respect. Do you see? That it should have. Right? Now, prophesying in the Bible is uh, something that many people don't really realize what it is. That it is actually People being inspired by the Holy Spirit to speak. Alright? So as you are inspired by the Holy Spirit, you speak the words of God. And that is what a prophecy is. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And let's have a look at that. Today is the first Sunday of the year. Covenant Sunday. We'll be making some covenants with the Lord. Amen. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1. It says, follow after charity or love. And desire spiritual gifts. But rather desire that you may prophesy. Now, to prophesy is again the... um, I, I want you to understand it's inspired people who are inspired by the Spirit. And are speaking. Now, it's not telling you... To desire to be a prophet. But he is telling you to desire rather that you as a Christian may prophesy. Now you find out 
in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, on five occasions, the Bible describes the situation where people receive the Holy Spirit. And almost all of them, the Bible says, they spoke in tongues and prophesied. And prophesied. So receiving the Holy Spirit was went along with inspired speakings. Okay? Some of which were not understood like speaking in tongues, but some were understood like prophecy. So he's saying that all Christians should desire spiritual gifts, but rather Christians should desire to prophesy. Again, it's not what you may be calling a prophet. That is what you think a prophet is. Somebody who is just predicting, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Alright? Now, for he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but unto God. Verse 2. For no man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So if I speak in tongues, nobody understands what I'm saying because I'm speaking not to men. That's what the verse says. He speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. However, in the spirit, I am operating or doing something in the spirit. Verse 3. But he that prophesied, now he says, this, this, this is probably the best uh, scripture for sort of simplifying what prophecy is without going into the Greek. What is prophecy? It says, he that prophesied speaketh unto men to edification, to build them up. You see, so it's not predicting anything. It's building you up. So a lot of teaching is prophecy. And then to exhortation. Like to exhort you or to really encourage you and push you forward. Okay? And then to comfort you. Comforting has to do with where you are just talking to lift up a person's mood. You will notice that your mood improves when you come to church. Sometimes your mood is down when you are not in church. But by the time the service is over, mysteriously, you, are, you feel a little happy, but I don't know why. And that is the comforting power of the Holy Spirit and the comforting power of prophecy. Because a lot of things are actually just prophecy, prophesying. So a Christian must actually aspire to do that. Now when you are a minister of the gospel, alright, and you are operating in the five-fold gifts, there are five strong gifts which are mentioned. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And have a look.
Now, Ephesians chapter 4, verse um, 8. It says, Wherefore he ascended upon high and led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Okay? God gave gifts to men. Now, verse 11. To some he gave apostles, and then to some prophets, and some he gave the gift of being an evangelist, and to some he gave the gift of being pastors and teachers. So there are people who have these, one of these five gifts. Some, some have two, some have three, some have four, and some even have five. When you stand in one of these offices, if God has called you to stand in one of these offices, you will prophesy or speak under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit much, much more than an ordinary Christian. When a pastor stands in his office to teach you and to feed you, much of what he's saying, the gift of prophecy starts to manifest and starts to show itself because the things that he's saying begin to be inspired things that he's saying to you when he's standing in his office as an evangelist is inspired to drive people to christ and to come to god so you see more people get saved when an evangelist is speaking than when an ordinary pastor or a teacher is speaking if he's an apostle when he speaks, there will be, he will be inspired to talk about building churches and going to new territories as against just being in one church. If he is inspired as a teacher, when he is teaching, because he is in an office, most of his teachings are inspired and Often you will find amazing revelation, you know, from the same Bible that you are also reading. You even wonder how you are all reading the same Bible, but not seeing the same things. Because it it is something that is not natural. So the speaking of the person, because he's standing in that office, is like that. And if he's a prophet, right, many of the things that he says also will be true. And sometimes, you see, what, what, what happens is with prophets is that they, they are sometimes a little mysterious. But if they were to tell you how they operate, you'll find out, for instance, that some prophets, when they look at you, when they look at you, they start to know things about you. The more they look at you. But if you are not in their presence, they may not know anything about you. But when you come into their presence, they, they know. And then they, they start to talk. You know, and some prophets even start asking questions when they are not so sure of themselves. But it is not as fantastic as you may imagine that where maybe the person is, has a screen that he's reading. Sometimes... It happens like that. But a lot of time, 
The person is inspired and what he says is true because he's inspired. That's his work. That is a gift that God has given him. So what I'm trying to explain to you is that prophecy is, is the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that is being used to guide you and to help you. And you must not despise it. When, when an uninspired person is talking to you, you could despise it. But when somebody is in his office and is speaking to you, you must not despise his words to you. And when I say despise, you see, God has an equivalent response to your despisement. He says, He that honors me, I will honor. And he that despises me, I will lightly esteem. I won't have much respect or regard for you. Because you don't regard me. And you don't think much of me. And because you don't think much of me, I will also disregard you. And treat you as though you, you, you are nothing. He that honors me, I will honor. And he that despises me, I will lightly esteem. I wouldn't have much respect for him. So you must be very careful when it comes to God. You know? Uh, what, why would the Bible say... Why would the Bible say, uh, yeah, you can put that scripture there. It says, be it far from them. For them that honor me, I will honor. Samuel is the one who said that. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. How many want to be lightly? I mean, you won't be respected by God at all. Like when people are dying, it's like you are like a cow or a fly that are being smashed. Like you don't even come in. Yeah. You have to be very careful when it comes to God and when it comes to things that his servants are saying or speaking. Alright? And, and, and this, is, this, is, this is very, very important. If you, if, you, if you fail to do that, you know, you become like Jacob. Because Jacob... Uh, sorry, you become like Esau. Because Jacob and Esau... You know, were children, they were twins. They were twins. They were born on the same day at the same time. Maybe 10 minutes apart, 15 minutes apart. But they were just born, they were, they were twins. But Jacob, right, respected um, what God had done. You know? But Esau didn't really respect it. Do you see? And God just put him aside. <laughs> even though Esau had, even though Esau could have been something great, you know, he just put him aside. And he, he, didn't, he didn't regard him anymore. It was not important. Do you want God to take you as an important person? 
you will be taken as an important person. Now, very, very important. Uh, the, the reason why uh, I'm saying that you, you must not despise prophet science is because, is because that's the easiest thing to do. <laughs> it's the easiest thing to do, to despise prophet science. Just now, no, you will despise it. Like as I'm preaching, or I say something, right now, no, you just throw it away. It's the almost natural response. Now, you must recognize all the places where prophecy is happening to be a good Christian. Prophecy is always happening. And the first place that it is happening is in the scripture. 2 Peter 1 verse 19. 2 Peter 1 verse 19. It says, we have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you will do well that you take heed. Amen. As unto a light that is shining in a dark place. Until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. Verse 20. Knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. None of the... No prophecy, you see, that word prophecy could have been exchanged with no words of the scripture. Or none of the scripture is of any prophecy. But it's like, it's trying to let you see that the things in the Bible are actually prophecy. What, what, to exhort you, to edify you, and to comfort you. That's what prophecy is. Verse 21. For prophecy came not in old time, by the will of men. In other words, it's not a person's desire or wishes or anger by which he's speaking. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, do not disregard any person who is speaking under the inspiration of the Spirit. And the first thing you should not disregard is your Bible. So those of you who have time to come and listen to me speak to you, but you don't have time to read the Bible, you are making a mistake. Because I am, I am nothing but a reader of the Scripture to you. So if you don't have time to read your Bible, and you want God to respect you and regard you. How can God regard you when you don't even regard what he says? You know, one day I, I went to stay somewhere where there was a, a house next to where I was staying. And there was a man who used to come and pray early in the morning. You know, at about, I don't know, in the night, you see the man praying. You know, after some time, I myself began to like the man. And one day, he didn't come at the time that he was going to come. And I missed him. And I was thinking, oh, where is this man? I don't know who he is. I never, I never found out who he was. I missed him. And I realized that God misses, I mean, God looks forward to your, your coming to see him, to talk to him. 
Yeah, I didn't know what he was saying, but just, just the fact that he was there, you see him going up and down. I tell you, even me, I missed him and I appreciated him. I said, Oh, this man is a, a nice man. You know? So God, God waits to hear and see that you have that respect about him, that he's a great person whose words you want to hear, and you take time to read his word and find out what he has to say about your life. Amen. Now, when you hear the word of God, one of the important, um, how many seconds more do we have? Let's see. Okay, we have some more seconds. One of the important ways by which you will not, you will take the word of God and prophecies, prophesying seriously is by saying amen. And by learning how to say amen. <laughs> okay. Because a lot of people don't say amen when they should say amen and say amen when they shouldn't say amen. Yeah. You see, amen is said as a kind of um, it's, it's said as a kind of like I don't know what to say. So I'll say amen. Like when we say hallelujah then everybody says Amen. So I remember when I went to, I think it was America and some other places. When you say hallelujah, they don't say amen. Because the response to hallelujah is not amen per se. It's, it's okay as a response. But you see, if you understand what amen is, you will rather be waiting to see the places you should say amen. And then when it comes, then you say amen. <laughs> Instead of amen being something that you say as a punctuation to a sentence. Do you get it? You have to learn rather how to say amen Properly. So I want you to learn it and I want you to notice it. Turn to Ezra chapter 8. Ezra chapter number 8. Are you there? Ezra chapter 8. And um, I think I'm giving you the wrong scripture. Are you in Ezra? 
I think I've given you the wrong scripture. All right. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I'm going to read it to you. It says, Ezra 8, 6. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen. Amen. All right. And all the people answered, Amen. Amen. With lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads, and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Amen. There's a song that we have like that. There is a song that we have like that, where the people said, Amen. Now, Psalm 107, verse 48, it said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say, Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Let all the people say, Amen. Hallelujah. Now, all through the Bible, you find people are made to say amen when the word of God comes forth. Okay? Now, there is power in the word amen. There is power. There is a power in it which is not found in the word A or the word Ajay. Or the word chale. None of these words have that meaning. But amen has a powerful meaning. And it means let it actually happen. Let it be so. Amen. And so Christians need to learn to respond to God's message. By saying, Amen. If you do that, many great things will happen in your life. I said many great things will happen in your life. Because when you come to church, many great messages are given. Sometimes good things are spoken. But to some people, it looks like a joke. But you must learn always to say amen. Now, if you look in the Bible, almost every book in the New Testament, the last word is amen. The last word is amen. It's like the response, the response to all that has been said. In fact, it is very difficult to preach about amen because you are going to preach about the whole Bible. Every book, the last word, amen. Amen, 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 amen. That must be your response when you hear the word of God. Not only to good things, but even the things we don't like, we should say amen to them. Yeah. Deuteronomy chapter 27 has many curses. And the people were supposed to say amen to those ones too. 
Deuteronomy 27 from verse 15. It says, Cursed be the man that maketh any graven or molten image. An abomination unto the Lord, the work of the hands of craftsmen, and putteth it in a secret place. And all the people shall answer and say, yeah. <laughs> All the people shall answer and say what? Yeah. You, you, you are not saying it well. It is... And then Two ways Learn it well Hmm. Verse 16 Cursed is he that setteth light By his father or his mother That means doesn't respect his father or his mother And all the people shall say Hey You see Moses asked the people to say amen. Just as I'm asking you to say amen. And I'm teaching you to say amen. When somebody says, may you live long, say amen. Don't just say, hey, mercy. It's not the same. Saying mercy is not the same as saying amen. The power behind amen is the power behind prophecy. Whosoever shall say and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So when you say let it be so you are and you believe it what is being said will be so. That is why Moses said, let the people say amen to these ones. It was to bind them to the saying that he was saying. Deuteronomy 27 verse 17. Cursed be he that removeth his neighbor's landmark. Somebody's land, you've come to take part. And all the people shall say, Wow. Deuteronomy 27 verse 18. Cursed be he that maketh the blind to wander out of the way. And all the people shall say, Like a blind man, you tell him, oh, this is the way out. Then you lead him deeper. And then you run away and you leave him there. The Bible says, curse is the man who leads a blind man out of his way. And all the people shall say, That is why we try to help the blind in our church. And hopefully, we are going to build something wonderful to help blind people. Deuteronomy 27, verse 18. Cursed be he that perverted the judgment. Of the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, uh, a a foreigner. You see, watch out when you are dealing with foreigners, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. Every widow handled with care. Every person whose father is dead 
handle with care. Every foreigner, handle with care. Oh, see, when foreigners come, you, you, you speak in English, or you speak God. Oh, come on, ole, ole, no. Then the person will be standing, pardon? Then you say, oh, no, nothing, there's nothing. Be careful. Be careful. Yeah. You see, me, people have treated me, when, when you ask people, if you, sometimes, at the, the time that even the police did not know me, they stopped me, they'll say, ah, ah, in your country, is this, ah, whatever, they always treat me as a, from, I'm not from Ghana. So I know what it's like. Yeah. To be a foreigner in Ghana. Yes. Everywhere I go, I'm treated as a foreigner. If I go abroad, I'm treated as white England, I'm treated as a black man. If I come here, I'm treated as a white. All my crusades, where they're blind, their eyes open, I say, which type of person? Say, oh, it's a white man. I say, okay. No problem. Verse 20. Cursed be he that lieth with his father's wife, because he uncovered his father's skirt. And all the people shall say, Cursed be he that lieth with any manner of beasts. That is dog, cat, whatever. It's a curse. And all the people shall say, Cursed be he that lieth with his sister. That's 22. Those of you who have sex with your sisters and brothers and the daughter of his father, that is your half-sister, or the daughter of his mother, another half-sister, and all the people shall say, it's a curse. But sometimes some people, you don't know why they are not blessed. But these curses are there. And you should not despise. You see, one of the Things not to despise when you are despising prophecies, do not despise curses. But they are also prophecies. Hey. Cursed be he that taketh the reward to slay an innocent person. Verse 25. And all the people shall say, Madras. Huh? Madras. People who kill people, they are cursed already. You must never do business with such a person. You've murdered somebody when you are moving in town. You are cursed. Hallelujah. So, you must learn to say amen to all aspects of the word of God. And Moses made the people say amen. Say amen. He didn't just... He didn't just say, cursed be this, cursed be this. He said, cursed be this, cursed. Let the people say amen. Let the people say amen. Let the people learn how to say amen to the word of God. Say amen. Don't just be quiet. Let them, not just be quiet and be, be, be around. Say amen to the, the word of God. Say amen. Don't say nothing. Don't just walk away. Say amen. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Verse 
Verse 17. When he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. That is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these I have observed from my youth. And Jesus beholding loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, Give it to the poor, Thou shalt have treasure in heaven, And come, take up the cross, and follow me. And what should he have said? Amen! But no, he didn't say anything. He says, and he was sad at that saying. And went away, grieved, for he had great possessions. He should have said, Amen. Because Jesus said, sell what you have, do this, this, and you shall have treasure in heaven. He should have said, Amen. Yes. He should have said, Amen. That was the prediction. That this man is not alive today. It was 2,000 years ago. By now, he would have treasure in heaven. He didn't say amen. He just turned away quietly. And went. Many of us despise the word. You see, if you listen to the prophets of our day, they are all prophesying good things. Jeremiah was one of the only prophets saying bad things. Yeah. Look, a true prophet eh, doesn't say only good things. Look at your life. Anybody who says only good things to you is not your friend. You know how you are. (laughs) You know how you are. How somewhere you are. Yeah. How can it be that there's only good things to say to you? Huh? Only good things are said to you, then that person is not a genuine person in your life. If you come to a church, likewise, if I'm saying that about your friend, likewise, if you come to a church and you're only hearing good, 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 it, it will be well with you, you will be shining, you'll be this, you'll be this, you'll be this. It's not true. You can know immediately that it's a false prophet because it's not all good. It's not all good. It is not all good. Yeah. And if you react wrongly when the, somebody is a genuine prophet, that prophet will shut up and not speak to you. That's why Jesus didn't say anything. When he saw the, this, uh, he saw the, um, the Pharisees, he, he spoke in parables. So people went away and said, oh, that guy doesn't know how to preach at all. Did you understand his message? I didn't understand. Oh, he went to preach. Nobody understands it. So they all went. And not knowing that Jesus has intentionally not shared the real message with them. When you are somewhere, people stop sharing their hearts with you. Yeah. You, somebody else will hear the heart, but you will not hear the heart. Somebody else will hear what the truth is, but you, you will be cut off from it because your response is wrong. Let us learn to say amen.
whatever the word of God is to us, the response, the proper response, not only to good sounding things, but even to the bad sounding things, the answer should be let God's word come to pass in 2015 may the word that comes out of your mouth be an amen and through your amens may good impartations come into your life Timothy said Paul wrote to Timothy and said receive the impartation and the gift that has been given to you through prophecy. You see, there are impartations and powerful things that are given to you through prophecy. That is why you should say, you should, you should be ready and armed like a gun, like a, a cowboy with a gun to say, Amen. When somebody prophesies something and says that you will marry this year, you should be ready to say, you don't know how. You don't have to know how. You have to know that. He says that the stir of the gift that was given to you through prophecy. That's how it was given to you. Somebody spoke and you got it. You will receive good things this year. You will receive good things this year. You will receive good things this year. Stand to your feet. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ this morning. Pastor, please pray with me. I don't want to go to hell. I want to be born again. If you are here like that, lift your right hand and I'm going to pray with you before I take my seat. God bless you. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I want to give my life to God this morning. I want to be changed. I want to be born again. Your hand must be up. God bless you. God bless. If your hand is up, come to me in the front here. Come. Just come here. I'm going to pray with you myself. Come. Come. Stand here. God bless you. God bless you. Come. God bless you. Quickly, please. Close your eyes. Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. I am sorry for all my sins. Today, I open my heart. I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior, as my Master, and my Lord. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. I love you, Jesus. Wash me with the blood of Jesus today. Write my name in the book of life today. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. 
Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.